Hello, everyone. Yes, you were expecting a new episode this week. Well, we recorded a new episode this week, but we had a uh, massive uh, audio diarrhea happen, I guess. Uh, Jackie hit record in Audacity, and uh, we recorded the entire episode. And then as we went to upload it to the server, Jackie realized that none of her audio had recorded at all. Her laptop's hard drive was completely full and therefore uh, stopped uh, recording and we got none of hers. So we decided it's just going to be best to re-record the entire episode rather than try to figure something out. But uh, yeah, so expect that next week. Uh, and then after that, we will be doing Cocaine Bear. But uh, one thing that was fun that did happen that I was able to get the audio for, uh, Jackie was uh, incapable of pronouncing the name of the main character in our movie she kept calling them boykins boystons ballabies just off the wall names and then finally she ended by calling them montrap which has no similar syllables at all to their actual names the boytons uh and then this happened mm-hmm. montrap that's not even I don't need Mon Trap. Boynton. <laughs> Boynton. Mon, Mon Trap. Trap. <laughs> we all went down yeah. to Mon Trap. <laughs> if you if you ever if you're ever in Jamaica fighting gorillas, you really gotta watch out for Mon Traps. <laughs> <laughs> God, bit. that's awful. That's so bad. <laughs> so enjoy Zardoz uh, all the way back from June, January of uh, 2018, starring Sean Connery. Uh, get to the chopper. I have just one question. Zardoz? This is Stinker Madness. What's that smell? Dookie. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty as fuck. Thirsty, thirsty, thirsty as fuck. Hey, look at me! Yuki! Thrill me. If you come back in here, I'm gonna hit you with so many rights, you're gonna beg for a left. Thrill me. Beg for a left. Thrill me. Hey, look at me! No more hangers! It stinks. Hello and welcome to Sticker Madness, the podcast about bad movies for bad movie lovers by bad movie lovers. I'm your host, Justin, with me always, Sam and Jackie. And this time we have a special return guest from, we need, we should have like a drum roll. I don't have that queued up. You're the sound effect guy. I'm the sound effect guy <laughs> yeah. and I have to do the voice shit. Well, all our sound effects are post-production, so. Oh, okay. Uh, uh from our Hell Squad and Mega Force episodes, it's Carl! Hello. Good to have you back, Carl. <laughs> Carl <laughs> seems real excited to be here. Hello. <laughs> Thanks he for having got, me back. He just got done watching Zardoz. His brain is melted. Yeah. <laughs> it is a brain-melting film. Indeed. Uh, Carl, this was your film that you brought to us. Uh, Sam and I had yeah. seen it before. Jackie had not, I believe. I'd been sending around the picture of Sean Connery in his red garb 
mm-hmm. to like various people all this last year because I thought it was funny. What would we call his outfit? What 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 is that called? A is leather there... diaper. Yeah, sexy bandolier. I was saying hot pants bandolier. Hot pants bandolier, or like a like a. But he's got hooker boots too. Chewbacca yeah. onesie <laughs> with hooker boots. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, Gotta get the ladies one oh one. Did it? Uh, yeah, I mean, if I would have seen this walking down the street, I'd have been like, yeah. Or been like, where's the parade? Yeah, well, actually, according to all of the data that we have, apparently that he is sexual chocolate because the one woman on the podcast right now has said, yes, please. Mm-hmm. And every girl in the movie said, uh-huh. Indeed. It's yeah. True. However, it is Sean Connery, and we do always have to ask ourselves, did the women that say yes, please, have a choice in the matter? Oh. <laughs> what, too soon to diss on Sean Connery? Sexually assaulting many, 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 many women. Oh, he did? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he beat his wife, too. Sean Connery's a dick. Oh. Yeah, everything I've heard about Sean Connery is that he is, like, a, a, a remnant of the past that we don't want to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. Wow, so he's really not the sexy guy. Oh God, that just destroyed everything for me. Well, visually, <laughs> he's a masterpiece, but yeah, but who wants to be with Dick Bag McGee? Every woman in 1947 <laughs> <laughs> that also didn't have a choice. Yeah, so apparently. I don't know if they did. You know, I don't know when he was doing the. Because he was like third in Mr. Universe or something. Right. I think the misconception is that he won, which he didn't. But he mm-hmm. was in it. Okay. And he was a, he was a finalist. So. Wasn't he in something else? Like, haven't we seen Sean Connery someplace before? Like something. You mean for the podcast? No, just in general. Wasn't, oh. he, wasn't he something else? He was James Bond. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was. In fact, I thought that was actually what you were referencing to <laughs> when you were talking about his. Uh, Grabbing sexual... asses. Yeah, his sexual assault history. I was like, was it him or James Bond or both of them? Maybe yeah. he was method acting. Yeah, like, where where is the line? It's a blurred line. Well, <laughs> definitely his James Bond character is a much more misogynistic uh, James Bond than say Roger Moore's. Mm-hmm. Sure, Roger Moore is more of like a naughty schoolboy, or a mm-hmm. uh, or a retired uh, businessman who enjoys golfing. Yeah, and I'm or not gonna that- lie, I think Roger Moore was. Was the best James Bond. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Lazenby was the best James no, Bond. No, he, was he wasn't. Yes, he is. Clearly not true. No, he wasn't. Roger Moore is so much more sexy than e- any James Bond that's been. Hmm. He's also, the the movies are just more fun. The Roger Moore movies are just fun. And he has nice hair. So, Sean Connery, obviously James Bond. Indiana uh, was the dog's name. Indiana, yeah. Indiana was the dog's name. Uh, that's pretty much what we know him from because what I what I know about Zardoz is that uh, after Diamonds Are Forever, Sean really didn't have uh, very good prospects because what else are you going to cast him in other than James Bond? So he got this movie, and then question mark? What question happened to mark. Sean Connery between what... this and Last Crusade? Plenty of stuff. Like what? Well, Highlander was somewhere in yeah. there. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. Highlander. Highlander. Yeah. He was working pretty consistently. Yeah. And oh. uh, he did, did that. Uh, there was the detective picture that he did the first the first time that he showed himself bald. Oh, yeah. That's that's a that's a big one, Sam, considering you can't even remember it. I can't remember it at all. <laughs> I was, really like it, though. OK. If he I was also in that movie where, was called. where he was the dad with the two brothers that were from ghost Ireland. Dad. Yeah. Ghost dad. No. Oh. The two brothers that were from Ireland and they were going around shooting people and shit. 
And then he yeah, comes into honey, the church that, that at the was end. Way after Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. Well, I know, but we're the Boondock Saints. Yeah, I'll help you out there. Okay, uh, thank that's you. Like I really like that 2003 movie. movie. I never saw that movie. It's not good. I liked it. It's buddish. He's in Rising Sun with Wesley Snipes. True. That's also after uh, yeah. Last Crusade. He was in Shawshank Redemption. Was Hunt for No, he was not. Uh, Hunt for Red October. That was before. That was that a big was deal. Before. It was yeah. before. Yeah, you're right. I am full of shit. Okay. Yeah, screw you, Jesse. Congratulations, Sean Connery, on your illustrious career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> other than Zardoz. Uh, Sam? Are, you mean other than Zardoz? Well, let's... let's for most people, this would be a career highlight. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, I was in Zardoz, and everybody'd be like, what the fuck is that? Oh. And then be like, let me show you a clip. Yeah, and if it oh. was anyone else, they would look at me like... Those boots. I should have got <laughs> Sean Connery for this. Uh, Sam, what uh, what uh, trivial information have you dug up on Zardoz? One of the things that we, you know, anytime you see Zardoz, your your main question is going to be, what the fuck was he thinking about? Right. And there's a very specific thing that happened here is that he had. We don't get to guess. Okay, uh, it's going to be a, if you were able to guess this, then I will be very surprised. Uh, guess drugs. Uh, no. So, <laughs> what? Nobody else is going to guess? No. That was, Jesus. We all were thinking the same thing. Yeah. Uh, there was probably drugs involved, though. Um, he had been. Yeah, Quaaludes. Working on adapting Lord of the Rings, and they had gotten a lot of stuff Who? together. Sean Connery? Uh, John Borman. John Borman, the director. Probably, yeah, okay. Uh, had been looking at uh, doing Lord of the Rings, and they had put a lot of this stuff together just to do some testing and things like that. And then ultimately, no studio would put up the money. To actually do Lord of the Rings yeah, in 1974. Are you kidding me? How, yeah. how would that even work? It wasn't going to happen, but um, since he'd already been working on it and he still wanted to do something fantastical and he had just come off of the amazing success of Deliverance, mm-hmm. he just sort of like Pinewood, just like, go ahead and do whatever movie you want to make. And so he did Zardoz. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, was it a good decision? It broke even. Oh, well. Guess how much this cost? Uh, $12 million. One point five million. Hmm. Really? John Borman's cool. very efficient. You actually cool. look at his filmography. He's he he can put things together on a shoestring, and even though some of his more higher budgeted films haven't done well, you watch them and you go, he didn't do anything wrong here. It's just that this might not be might have a hard time finding an audience. Say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he kept it on the cheap. However, the costumes, obviously, uh, the sets, and uh, the world that he has built. All looks pretty elaborate. I would think that he would have spent more on this. You know, that's again a guy doing a really good job. You really look at this; it's they probably did this in either the smallest Pinewood soundstage mm-hmm. or half of a soundstage, mm-hmm. and they have one location. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like that. It feels much. No, they bigger. have two. They have two locations, and they, but Which, maybe they did uh, two different uh, film crews. There's the the beach, sure, Death Beach. Actually, when I say one location, I'm thinking that that. Farmstead, mm-hmm. Lake, and Beach are all within a oh, sure, sure, twenty-minute sure, sure. drive. Right. So they've got one exterior mm-hmm. and one interior, and they make this movie that doesn't seem like it's just two spots. Uh, now it was her- also done in Ireland, right? So I think it was Scot- was it Scotland? No, no it was Scotland. an Ireland yeah. film. Which you know they probably did it for potatoes. Oh <laughs> no! 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 That's mean. <laughs> yeah. Could have gone worse. Don't don't yeah. pick on the Irish. They've had enough. Yeah, she by should. not having potatoes, <laughs> she, she could have. There were potatoes in the giant head. They gave us potatoes and they chased those goddamn Protestants out. <laughs> uh. It's 
Better than small plucks, blankets. Uh, Carl, this yeah. is, again, uh, your movie brought to uh, us. Uh, what was your first experience with Zardoz? Wait, you should probably also mention that he owns this movie. I yeah. just said that. He brought it to us. Well, yeah. that could mean a lot of things, but okay. he owns this movie, which makes me super jealous. Yeah, Like, I, uh, I totally want this movie. All right. Yeah. I had heard of, uh, like, Zardoz has a certain reputation in cult movie circles. You don't like read about cult movies without hearing about it. Right. And I've been wanting to watch it for a long time. And um, when uh, Twilight Time came out with its edition, I decided this is I was going to purchase it. And and uh, and I felt like you guys were the best ones to uh, <laughs> watch it with because I, I know that Sam knows a lot about John Borman and um, that that would be informative. It's a movie that needs somebody who can help you to be informative. Because, <laughs> right. Because the movie does kind of force you to like make a lot of guesses about what you think is going on, you know. Which uh, we will try to do. Yeah, which we will try to do. Why did you pick this movie for me, Carl? What I <laughs> didn't realize you would you had a theme for Sean Connery in a diaper but is, i'm glad yeah. you do so <laughs> yes yeah, um, something for everyone it has something for everyone <laughs> an elderly scotsman with back hair in a diaper hmm so but uh it's i'm fascinated with 70s was it made in the 70s 74 Sam? 74 so 70s science fiction you know was always a weird beast before everybody decided to um, stick to the Star Wars template. Right. Space fantasy. Yeah, space fantasy. Uh, there's a lot of science fiction in the 70s that's a lot more cerebral. It doesn't necessarily always make sense. It doesn't necessarily always accomplish what it's trying to do, but mm. um, it's, you know, it, it, it's like the point is trying to answer these weird philosophical questions, you know, as opposed to, you know, and um, I'm not accusing Star Wars of being mindless. I'm just saying Star Wars. Oh, I will. Exists to do a different thing. You mm -hmm. know, it, it's, it's not, it's not trying to answer specific. It's not philosophical questions as much as it's uh, like this grand general scheme. Anyway, um, you know, like movies like, Logan's Run, mm -hmm. Planet of the Apes, sure. and all of this. And um, and it's also fascinating what all these movies do with, as far as special effects, it goes with what they have. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, a, a lot of 70s movies are unable to, were, you know, like they were unable to do what Star Wars did because what Star Wars did hadn't been invented yet. Right. Uh you know they're they're they do some fascinating camera cuts in here, like when he enters the crystal. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, some of it really works. There was one shot that did not work and made us all laugh. <laughs> you know, but uh, but it it's all it. it, it all these seventies science fiction movies are fascinating to me for the for the, those reasons. It seems to me like the science fiction filmmakers and writers were trying to bust out from the drive-ins that they had been relegated to from films such as The Crawling Eye and Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. That's the, 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 the 
producers and the, and the studio execs behind all those films were like, oh, well, you make something that'll work at the drive-in theater. That's what you're doing. But then the 70s come along, and you've got movies like uh, the, specifically The Last Drive-In and, and uh, you know, the Game Changers as far as filmmaking and storytelling. And yet these guys are still shackled by something that they're trying to sell to a mass market while going all the way surreal and philosophical in, in their statements that they're trying to make, which is a huge break from what science fiction was before the 70s. So I, I also applaud 70s science fiction movies. One yeah. of the things that you can actually really pinpoint late 60s, early 70s in filmmaking and in its style, especially with science fiction, is that it's hard to push science fiction but the one thing that studio executives and teenagers had in common at that point was drugs. Right. So you could push sure. psychedelia. Mm -hmm. And so you always have these sort of psychedelic elements in these science fiction movies because until you said it's psychedelic, they wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So as long as you add this small psychedelic element into it, even if it's just visual, then the producer's like, I'm fine with it. The kids will love it. I like drugs. They like drugs. Psychedelia. Even yay. if the film is making a statement that is anti-psychedelic. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. God damn it, this podcast just got super classy. Thanks, Carl. It's Carl's fault. I know, Carl. We need to start like, talking about butts and poop again. I know. Like, how am I supposed to contribute with, like, this classiness going on? Classy. Classy. Oh. Like, we're sipping fucking martinis, Jackie, and, and smoking from those long-stem cigarettes. It's real classy in here. That's only ladies do that, Justin. Well, Why are you smoking from a long-stem cigarette? Because I'm classy. But you're only going to be able to stay classy for so long because you have to talk about this movie, which at one point puts soapy tits on a big screen. <laughs> it does. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, then, are we ready? Yeah. Uh, Zardoz, starring Sean Connery and, and Charlotte. Uh, uh, Charlotte Rampling. Charlotte Rampling, yeah. Uh, who became quite the actress. Yeah. Uh, if you've never seen the. Uh... <laughs> Dur the Night Watch? What is it? The, uh, the Night Porter. Mm -hmm. That's a an amazing film. It's not happy. It's not happy. A little deer huntery. Yeah, but uh, very good. Okay, very good. You, Justin won't let me watch the deer hunter. Nope, I will not. Uh, the movie starts with a floating uh, dinner theater head guy. Uh, he strikes me as somebody who uh, would work well at the dinner theater uh, as a narrator. Is this psychedelia? It is, but is there a sense also of of uh, Deus Ex Machina here with this guy and his floating head? That, yeah, you know, he's he's a god. Uh, he is Zardoz, uh, yeah. the narrator, mm -hmm. uh, and he totally fucks the fourth wall. Like fuck it, he's telling us that oh, yeah. we're assholes. He's an asshole. Everybody's an asshole, and it's all for the sake of enjoying a goddamn movie once in a while. I've, this thing feels like it was forced in afterwards. I like, think so, too. He, they were like, Borman's, where's our psychedelia? This isn't psychedelic enough. Mm -hmm. And they push this in, because the rest of the film never says anything about, uh, it doesn't ever become self-aware. And at the very beginning, he's like, this is a possible future, da-da-da-da-da. And you're like, what? what the no, this is actually just a really, without this scene... This is a really tight PA film. Like this mm -hmm. is one of the best PA films ever made. Uh, public announcement. Uh, Post-apocalyptic. Oh, wow. you know, I'm just saying that this guy. I wanted him to die right off the bat. Oh, he's the worst. And it's his like it was really sad to me that they didn't like him enough to give him a real mustache. <laughs> I, like, like, I love just, the fake mustache I do on too. him. Like they it's just, so stupid looking. I, it's just like they were like, okay, who's got a magic marker? He doesn't look mystical enough. <laughs> do you think they were trying to fool us, or do you think they were out trying to tell us 
this is what people do in the future. They draw I, facial hair on themselves. Nobody else had drawn facial hair, right? That's true. I, you know, I, I would guess that a lot of these people got free reign uh -huh. on what to do with their characters. Yeah, maybe. And this is an actor's decision. He drew that on himself and showed up, and Borman's like, fuck it. Eh. I'll go with it. Eh. Who's he's to like, say they don't do this I'm in the willing future? to accept that as an answer. Yeah. Yeah, because he's like, ha-ha, fuck you. You can't get it off. It's a magic marker. <laughs> it's tattoo. Oops. <laughs> um... It's interesting that you said dinner theater because there was mm -hmm. moments, several moments in the movie where I thought the acting belonged more in a dinner theater than in a movie. Yeah. Like people felt like they were acting without props or mm -hmm. without, you know, the benefit of what a movie brings to the table. Yes. You know, so a lot of weird acting choices there. Uh, uh, like, like I'm gonna call him Roger Daltrey for the sake of him looking like Roger Daltrey, but as uh, uh, the character's name is Friend, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he has like he carries this old man voice throughout the entire film. It doesn't match with what his visage is yeah. until suddenly it does match with his visage, which we'll talk about. But it's just some weird acting decisions, and I don't necessarily think the acting's bad in this. No, it's just strange. There's, yeah. it's at every turn of the corner, acting, directing, photography. If anybody's got an idea, throw it out here. We've got this much time. We only have this much money. Mm -hmm. Let's fucking do it. And you get really interesting decisions. You can't say whether they're good or bad, but you right. can say these are interesting decisions. Yeah, uh, that's my question for the end of the film. Anyways, so he fucks off. Uh, it's now the year 2293, so mm -hmm. very mm -hmm. far in the future. Uh, there's a This time, there's a real floating head floating over the earth. It's a... a Stone, stone head. head. They call it. It's the stone head of Zardoz. Of Zardoz, yeah. Which the people on the ground believe that Zardoz is their god. He is uh, uh, just this floating head guy that comes down and uh, is like, "I'm gonna say some stuff, and you guys are gonna like worship me, and it's gonna be cool, and then I'm gonna float away." Yep. This was a great scene because he comes down. He's like, "Guns are awesome." Shoot everybody. Yes. And then he, and everybody's like, yeah, woo, kill everyone. And then he's like, penises are bad. They spread seed. And nobody says anything. Like, like nobody's what? cheering. They're like, oh, just give us the guns and fuck off. Yeah. What? But it is interesting that, you know, because guns are normally thought of as a uh, stand-in for the penis. Sure. Mm -hmm. And whereas this movie actually separates it and says, no, it's a substitute for the penis. Wow, yeah. Yep, because only certain people are allowed to get down. Yeah, which, okay. Uh, so anyways, he barfed some guns out yep. for yep. these guys to kill. Even though they have guns, they Any need more. more guns. Sure. And there's not like enough. It seems like there's the guns to people ratio is too much. Like there's going to still be, everybody gets two guns. They still got to ride their horses around. There's still going to be a pile of guns there. Yeah. And yeah. then what happens if the villagers come and grab the guns and then they revolt? Because there's in this world, there's two different types of people. There's the executioners sure. who wear adult diapers uh, and ride on horses and wear some some of them wear Zardoz masks. Yeah. Uh, and then there is just the poor. Well, there's. it seems like in the flashbacks, they're the, the poor. But in the present, I was... I will, 
liken it to sort of a tax accountant beach party. Yeah, it's a tax accountant beach party. They're all wearing suits, but they're at the beach, so they're not wearing anything. They never go anywhere else but the, the beach. Blazer and the pants, so they're barefoot, no shirt, blazer, and they're all running around getting shot at the beach. Is their world the beach? Is that supposed to be like a like a representation of a nuked world or a uh, dead world? There's no buildings. There's no nothing. And so there maybe are buildings yeah, through other flashbacks, you do see yeah. buildings. But those are before they... the bad times, like maybe, when it got real bad. Maybe the the ocean is just that's how far the executioners have pushed them is all the way to the edge of the land. Mm. They've got nowhere else to go. They're getting shot. Yeah, and pillaged and some poor fucker gets run over by a horse in one of these shots yes really bad yeah it was nice knowing him i hope his family got a good severance package severance from him <laughs> no here's your severance package you've been fired from life <laughs> yeah. he, he probably got a clamor an oyster when it stepped on his head and it plunged him into the sand and he came up hey an oyster <laughs> All right. Dumb Sam. <laughs> I got kicked in the back of the head. Well, at least I got lunch. <laughs> Can't eat those raw, though. <laughs> you get the shits. Uh, what? So, so a whole culture that's <laughs> yeah, based segue. on the idea of, like, executioners who are meant to hunt and kill people, mm-hmm. you know, um, of which Sean Connery is one. Right. And at this point, still, we don't know much about Sean Connery's culture. You you learn more about it as the movie progresses. Um, and then the next thing you know uh, is Sean Connery has snuck somehow onto the stone head. Uh-huh. And he's flying to see where it goes. He's, he's, he's waiting to see where it will take him. Yeah, there's also people in saran wrap inside Zardoz's head. And that doesn't feel like it ever gets explained. No. They're just there. They're, Can we? They're props. And For I don't know boobs? what they mean. Because they're naked people. Yeah. In yeah. saran wrap, who may or may not be alive. They're like saran wrap cocooned. And some of them have blood on their face. Sure. Yeah. Are they like, maybe oh, Maybe they're proof. I don't that, know. Uh, so to, like, to make sure the executioners are doing their job, Maybe like Zardoz sucks some of the dead bodies up as he's flying by the beach party, uh-huh. and uh, then that's just his like preservation. Like he, he put it's like a fridge These are for corpses, and then he flies back to wherever. Like, hey, how? What did you meet your quota? Yeah, look at all these fucking naked people I got in my head. Yeah, I'll take that. They're, they're for genetic study. Yeah, that's what I think too. They're genetic study. Okay. Uh yeah, especially when you. Because later in the movie, you learn the person who designed Zardoz was specifically trying to create Sean Connery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I could believe that his floating head is also a genetic lab. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And he's in there. The the floating head dinner theater guy from the very beginning, he's in there like just chilling out, walking around like, <coughs> all right, we got some wheat. We got some potatoes. Uh, and we got some naked people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This was a successful trip to to Executioner Town. Yeah. yeah. Uh, except for one factor he didn't think about, or he did. We'll see. Uh, Zed, uh, Sean Connery's character, is inside with a gun, blasts him in the arm. Yeah, yeah. it's not a good shot. It doesn't even make sense. The bullet curves. But either way, he's like, ow, you shot me. 
Bye. Yeah. And then he doesn't <laughs> fall out, which is a real puzzle. He floats away. He floats away to his to his death. Now, no, it, well, <laughs> he does die. You think he floats to his death, but... right? But yeah, he, he he flies. I think he has shitty levitation. So. <laughs> Because everybody else has mind powers, and he's wow. like, I can levitate long enough to get over here, and now I'm falling. Right. Because eventually he starts falling to yeah. the earth. To die. But it's really silly how he just is like, I'm floating out the mouth of Zardoz, even I'm though I am Zardoz. falling sideways. Uh, okay. So uh, the headlands with Sean Connery, Zed still attached, and uh, I guess it's uh, at Zardoz, his house. It's the vortex. Yeah, yeah it's in, it's inside this vortex. We'll we'll get there, but okay. it's uh, it's Zardoz's house. It's just returned to where it's autopilot. Yes. basically. And uh, Zed gets out and he's like, "This place is different. Uh, there's like a Saran wrap dome for marijuana growth. That's cool. There's a butt dome there. Yeah, it's the that's the hydroponics butt where they keep the pot." Uh, and then he goes inside a, he's inside that dome. He finds a stairway upstairs, implying that it's like the TARDIS. It's bigger on the inside. Uh, it's like Zardoz's bedroom or his masturbatorium to himself. I don't really know. It's his bedroom. Where he also masturbates. <laughs> Actually, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Wiener doesn't later work. we talk about unworking wieners. Right. <laughs> and uh, he opens up a little jewelry box, and inside is a very important device in this world. It's what I will call the Amazon Alexa ring because you ask this thing any question and it will tell you the answer. Sure. It yeah. is always connected to the internet. Yeah. And everybody's got one. It's not really an Amazon Alexa ring because if you ask it a question, it'll answer you rather than order you a fucking pizza when you ask to hear, you know, James Brown songs. Right. <laughs> uh, this, when we call it, it's a very uh, damning, it's a condemnation to call this thing Alexa. It, it works great versus some of the things that happen when you talk to uh, voice-activated machinery in, our, in today's common modern society. Mm. So I'm taking it that's happened to you. You're like, play James Brown. I ordered you five pizzas from Domino's. It does it better than my phone. <laughs> I tried to do some like voice-to-text thing, and then you like end up like you want to ask you know, your brother to hang out and then, or something like that, and you end up like, doing some weird innuendo for sex to one of your family members. You're like, that is not what I just said. What the fuck? So the rings work better than Sam's shitty Samson phone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He also finds a message that says that Zardoz is a guy named Arthur Frayne. Fiend. Fiend? Yeah, Fiend and Friend, and they're best friends. Oh, oh, I didn't catch that. Arthur Fiend uh, in Vortex 4. Okay. Uh, well, that's not what we told us earlier, so I have some question marks, says Zed to himself. But he follows some people. He, he finds some some young, nubile women to follow uh, into some weird place. They've got some people living in trees that are just hanging out that never comes back into play, ever. Maybe they leave the trees. I don't know. Well, what the hell were they doing up there? What the Posing. hell are they doing anywhere? Right. Yoga? <laughs> Tree yoga, right? Yeah, <laughs> they're probably like, a thing. They're like <laughs> Christmas ornaments up there. Yeah, uh, there's some others just carrying some stuff into this. Uh, I'm gonna call it. It's called the Tabernacle. We find out later, but it's, I'm for fun's sake. Uh, it's called the 
Miramid for me. Oh, boy. <laughs> hey. Yeah. It's a pyramid made out of mirrors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then another lady rides up with her shirt off on a horse. And he's like, boobies. He's all, I know which way. I now have a clear path to victory. Boobs. I'm following the boobs. Boobs. Yep, <laughs> boobs. So he runs to this lake. And uh, there's a lady there. And she's like, what's up? And he's like, I'll fucking kill you, lady. But she's like, you can't fucking kill me. I'm going to mind zap you with the powers of her mind. And the first time I saw this, she's the lady in the lake. And he's like this whole thing. And I feel like there was this Arthurian thing that he was like, right. he was trying to do, but then he totally abandons. But then not really, because he is kind of like King Arthur. It's it's very strange. Mm. And he was King Arthur. Yeah, Sean Connery was also King Arthur. That was in between. No, it wasn't. That was after. With Richard Gere? Yeah, man, that was when in they, the 90s. We're going to do that uh, for an episode. I really don't fucking want to. First night. They're, they're wearing <laughs> it, Star Trek costumes. It sucks so bad. In the Middle Ages. It's so Dumb. Okay. So he discovers this new, basically what's supposed to be utopian world. Right. That uh, these young men and women have. But they, um, I think it was a choice to make sure that even the men looked somewhat like they're all, they're all shaven. They're fancy. Yeah, they're they're fancy. Mm -hmm. I think think they're trying to provide like a very feminine society it's genderless yeah but it leans towards the yeah yeah there's not one buff dude in this whole society mm-hmm. if so, i was living there i'd shoot myself in the face all of them are great dancers yes they are great dancers <laughs> um and you begin to learn a little bit like i mean with sean carney you begin to learn a little bit about how this culture works apparently um they're all able to link to each other through their minds, mm-hmm. talk to each other that way. Um, there's a lot of talk. Like, they seem to have lots of votes, and the votes, because there's not very many of them, and because they are all telepathic, the votes happen instantly, and they're mm-hmm. tallied instantly. Right. Um, well, know. he thinks it's the afterlife. That, that once you die as an executioner, you're rewarded by going to the vortex. I think this is part of a ruse that he's putting on. Oh. He's playing dumb because you find out later that he's planning an invasion. Yeah, right. True. And you couldn't, he didn't plan the invasion halfway after he got there. Right. So he's playing he dumb. He is right playing now. dumb, but uh, he's also playing dumb to us because sure. we don't know what to think at this point. So, oh, okay. Maybe it is the afterlife for the executioners. Yeah. But then that doesn't make any sense because you just crawled into a floating guy's head. You're, you're well, I don't dead. think I, I never thought it was the afterlife, but I did believe at that moment in time that he thought it was the afterlife. Right. So I agree. Uh, but um, and you begin to learn like more and more about apparently like r- early on, you learn that uh, there there are no babies in this uh, culture because they've defeated death. So there's no reason to have babies, mm-hmm. you know, uh, um, which was interesting. I, I, I hadn't ever considered that aspect before, like of having defeated death right. would uh, maybe necessitate the decision for to not procreate. Right. Either, and know? which also breaks your junk by not using it. Yeah. Use it or lose it, Buster. And they didn't use it. So they lost yeah. it. Now they have no sexual urges. They they just are rubber people. 
Yeah. So this is also a public service announcement. Masturbate, folks. Yep. Got to do it. Uh, so she takes him to the tabernacle and sticks him on a machine. And it, the inside of the tabernacle has walls made out of naked people? Those are, that's the cloning facility. Okay. So what? Are, why are there adults in there? They're almost done. Oh, okay. So they do... So they do reproduce them through clones? If Only if you, you die. If you die, you get cloned. But you can't die. And there's quite a few of them in there. No, you die. He shoots Arthur Fiend and kills him. Right. And then it shows Arthur Fiend's fetus being regrown. Right. But they it takes all like have about them. a week and a half. Then what's the movie about if they can, if they can uh, die? They, they only die when they leave the vortex, I guess. But not very many of them leave the vortex. And you, you can... kind of get the idea that Arthur Fiend only leaves the vortex because he's off doing his own thing. So maybe this movie is built on a fallacy of itself. Like, you know? uh, it, I think the cloning is how they defeated death. Like they're able to re-implant your memories and they have his memory record up to a certain point. Then, he's like turned it off knowing he only wants people to know so much. But also you see these people in their normal uh, menial tasks and they're not very good at it so that's why the cloning facility is full is because these assholes like trip and fall and get their heads stuck in the uh. oven when they're making bread <laughs> it's like time to mow the lawn and he jumps into the lawnmower like, oh, i did it again <laughs> need a new one of me <laughs> download me this time upgrade my lawn mowing skills uh okay uh, well I'll, i got questions about that sam but okay you and know so- i think you're right but i didn't pick up that was a cloning facility uh, yeah he, okay we got to move on uh <laughs> I'm with Carl. I didn't think it was a cloning facility. She's but- asking him why he is there. That's the whole point of the scene. Sure. Uh, why are you here? You're not supposed to be here. Let's check your brain. So she gives him a brain scan uh, via the tabernacle, I guess, and images flash up on the walls, and it shows him uh, being an executioner. She's like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but you're kind of you're kind of a like too good at it. You're too like awesome. Uh, so there's something weird about that. And like, you're not supposed to be, uh, uh, turning them into farmers as well. You're just supposed to be out there killing people and like bringing them back to us. But Zardos has commanded him and his, his troop of, uh, executioners to take some of these people and Mm. turn them into slaves, farming slaves Yep. to grow, uh, grains and things of that nature. Then there's one farming slave that looks like Roger Daltrey. So he gets shot in the head. Uh, you know who that is? (laughs) That's John Borman. Oh, really? That was his yep. Hitchcockian cameo? It is indeed. <laughs> and what happened was he got actually the uh, the wad came out embedded in the back of his head. He oh. got shot with the blank nice. and had to go to the hospital for like four days. Don't point it directly at people. You're supposed to point it away. The camera angle fixes that. Stupid Sean Connery. Yeah, stupid. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <dumb>. <laughs> Uh, so the ladies are like, well, what's going on out there? What's what's uh, what's Arthur up to? Is he getting loosey-goosey with the rules in his Zardoz thing? Yeah. Well, let's find out more about this guy. But they can't access all of his memories without his permission. And he won't relinquish that in his mind thing, even though I guess he did for this first part. Well, he did show them that he was raping a lady. Yeah. He shows them that like yeah. four times. Yeah, they're like, wait, his dinger works. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh. You know, at that point, if you haven't had sex in 300 years, you're jumping on that wiener. Uh, but they don't have working junk, Jackie. The ladies do. Well, it doesn't, yeah. 
They never say that the ladies' junk doesn't work. No, it's not that the junk doesn't work. It's that they don't have any urges. <laughs> she's laughing like she's like, oh hell no! Give me three hundred years. I see Sean Connery in tight pants, and <laughs> may as well just turn on the bathtub faucet, huh? <laughs> Why is she suddenly from Boston? I don't know. <laughs> only a Boston lady would talk yeah, exactly. like that. Yeah. I want dick. <laughs> Explosion baked beans. <laughs> so they're like, we got to find Arthur uh, and like be like, hey, Arthur, what's going on with your place? And then they look over and there's a clone baby of Arthur and they're like, oh, he's fucking dead. Oh, that's a bummer. Okay. Uh so well, what are we going to do with this guy? I know. Let's turn him into a television and entertain the peoples of this uh, village. Yeah. With his memories. Yeah. They come in thinking they're going to see Joni loves Chachi, and instead they're seeing fucking genocide. Genocide. And rape. And rape. They're enjoying Violence. it, though. They love it. They This utopian society of bohemians sure has some uh, appreciation of the old in and out and ultra-violence. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it is... I mean... As you watch the movie, um, it gives you more and more information to let you know that this utopian society is fractured. Mm -hmm. It's fractured to the point where, uh, you know, many people want some type of drastic change to it. Mm -hmm. Um, You get introduced to two subsets. Uh, You get introduced to, like, People who have been aged and exiled for not fitting in. Right. Um, you also get introduced to the uh, apathetics who just kind of stand blank, stare blankly at you and just stand there. Like, and um, there's definitely a certain element of uh, th- this utopian population that is. Um, Desiring the both the violence and the sex and the death that Sean Connery represents. Mm-hmm. All these things that they've exiled to the outer lands, you know. Right. And and they're bored from all this. Sure. Their existence is basically wandering around eating green bread. Yeah. Uh, which is not good enough for them. They've also. And tree yoga. And tree yoga. And they've also taken all of the art of the world, sure. uh, mm-hmm. the statues, the paintings. I didn't see much about music in, anywhere in there. Or... Yeah, they it's had there, music. Though. Okay. Uh, into this, like, basement where they uh, preserve it, I guess, for their own memory I mean, they, of things. They see I don't themselves know. as caretakers of the world's right. knowledge in this post. Right, 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 right. The the people on the outside aren't good enough to have their own knowledge. We must, we yeah. must be the ones that have the knowledge and care for it. Otherwise it'll dissipate. Or yeah. Something. Those fuckers would burn paintings and books for warmth. Uh, very selective history is what they've got going we'll, on here. We'll get to that later, Jackie. We've got some questions about all this. Uh, so he, he's going to be their slave, slave pet. Basically his job is like to clean up the place, like art and stuff. Cause he's big and strong and like yeah. he has to, so he's, he's like a slave guy. Uh, and this Roger Daltrey guy kind of leads him around all these camps that Carl discussed, the the art house, the old folks' home, which is th- th- what their punishment is. They age them if they're naughty. Yeah. And they put them in the home, which is like a circus tent. Yeah. It's a little bananas. Uh, it's it's it, a lot bananas. It's the old folks' home without the quaaludes that they pump 
full of mm. old people to keep them bored and docile. They don't want. Well, they're them having partying, a dance, right? It's a twenty-four hour dance party. There, yeah, it's fun to be old. It I seems like the uh, the bored people that are young. Theirs is like a slow motion dance party. Yeah, there's like a lot of dance parties outside. So it happens when you get banished. You get banished into shitty dance parties. So you think the apathetics in their mind are like, this party is off the chain. Yeah. But their body is just like, yeah. No, I think they're pretending so that they don't have to make food and shit. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, you know, 300 years being in the bakery, and I was told that I was going to get moved out to like gardening or something exciting. No, fuck this. I am catatonic. I'll just stand in this barn. It's yeah. A, maybe they only do it at noon when the bread cart comes through and they're like, is he gone? Yeah. All right. So the head lady, I guess, uh, of this place is Consuela. There's two basically head ladies, Consuela and May. Yeah. And uh, Consuela is like the... Uh, Wants things the status quo. She wants. She doesn't like cha- this change that he may or may not represent. She, she's big on uh, what's going on as far as the non boners, but she's curious. Like, well, his boner works. That's strange. Well, and I don't know if I like that. Well, it yeah, it's she's like the ultra conservative wing, mm-hmm. and then uh, May's like science, right? And then she wins. The science wins the argument, and then Consuela leaps directly at the boners. Like, well, if we're gonna do a scientific study. Boner. I should have it inside of me at some place. Because she doesn't do anything else scientifically. Once they keep him for science, that's all she does. Yeah, that's all she's interested in. Boner town. Told you. Yeah, yeah, to get him. Well, you even hear early on, though, that May, because I think, uh, how do you pronounce Consta? Consuela. Consuela. She even says to May early on, um, why are you still interested in finding ways to breed uh-huh. we're not that's not what we do anymore we don't give a fuck so i mean may's interested in science but she's interested specifically in learning how to have sex again that's what she wants science for mm. you know so it lets you know early on that this is her goal you know boner town justin when she walks into her lab she has to like is this for work or for pleasure mm-hmm a little bit of both. <laughs> now take your pants yeah. off. <laughs> That's apathetic town. That's old town. Welcome to pound town. <laughs> uh, so they show him some porno, I guess. Well, they show him soapy boobs. Yeah. A lady just lathering mm-hmm. some boobs. Uh-huh. And I think the first time I saw this, I was like 20. Uh-huh. And I realized it doesn't take much. No. <laughs> Soapy boobs is enough. Uh, Apparently it's not enough it's for It's not enough for Zard or Zed. Zed, yeah. Because yeah. they, they, they have to switch the channel, the porno channel, to mud wrestling. Which isn't going to work. It's that, gross. That didn't mud work wrestling? for Zed either. Yeah. No. Then they turned it off, and then he just stares at... Consuela. Consuela. And that's what does it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so where do they get this porno? Is it like mind porno, or do they like have this in the archives? I think they actually let's say just, archives. Yeah, there's <laughs> actually just a woman standing back there with some <laughs> pert plus, just going to town. Well, considering that this whole place was made by a bunch of dirty old men, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's in the archives somewhere. <laughs> right. It's like, well, we can't leave that behind. It is definitely art. 
The largest portion of the crystal hard drive is the spank bank. (laughs) (laughs) So this creates a wedge between May and Consuela because May is like, this guy is some sort of mutant. Uh, He's a specimen of uh, human evolution. Uh, He's strong and fit and he can do whatever the hell he wants. And he's got a working ding dong. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we must protect him, even though he has been sentenced to be uh, exterminated in in three weeks. And Consuelo's like, fuck that noise. This guy's a problem. Mm -hmm. He's going to fuck our shit up. We need to destroy him now. Let's have a vote. Yeah. And he's like, do you want the potatoes or not? Because <laughs> yeah, he's, he's serving up potatoes, which is I'm, what causes the vote. You guys are talking about murdering me. I, I'm right here. I'm I'm standing right here with potatoes. Would you he like? He is pretty blasé about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hello. Well, I mean, I don't know if it was if you were Sean Connery and you were looking around the room, like which one of you fuckers really thinks that you're going to kill me? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, they do you have mind over powers. there, Twinkle Toes. I don't think so. They're not going to win in a in a straight up fist fight jackie but uh well if looks could kill but you have to see them looking at you like that to be killed yeah. so you just close your eyes get a stick and start swinging mm. well they also so they vote and they decide that may's got two days to finish up her studies and then seven 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 days sorry to they, to finish up her studies and then she, they're gonna whack him but uh they've got some other business to attend to at this uh vote party because roger daltrey has been a little too uh Radical with his yeah. uh, views and uh, ideas for this place. How did that come out, by the way? Because I kind of missed where they decided. I mean, did did something come out and they say, oh, by the way, let's vote on this guy? Or did they uh, did something come out at that dinner where they realized they had to vote on him? Yeah, or- because he was supposed to be making the potatoes and serving them, but he was having Zed do it. No, I'm serious. Yeah. Really? Oh, so okay. he was having Zed do it because he was like, fuck this, I don't want to serve potatoes, which is what the apathetics did, right? And they're having yeah. a dance party in the other section of town. And he's like, well, why shouldn't we have slaves? And they were like, because everybody has to do it, suck nut. And he was like, no, I don't. I've got Zed. And they were like, that's it. Level two yoga power. Yeah. He doesn't want to go, and that's strike two. Yeah, they so, give him spirit fingers. They wave uh, their spirit fingers at him. Yeah. Which takes him to the second level. He doesn't want to go to the second level because then they can read his mind. Yeah. And, and he's he's trying to overthrow the Oh, keep him out. He's, he's putting in a mental yeah. dam. Yeah. Right. He does not want them to figure out what the plan is with this guy. Okay. But they, they get overpowered, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. And they churn him into a half-old guy? Half-old guy. That was weird. Why not all old? Everybody else in the old circus tent They're all was old. all old. 100% old. Yeah. Well, I don't understand why you had to have that weird mantra about penises are bad and I don't like women and women are not sexual objects. And then he freaks out and passes out on the table. Yeah. Probably because he's like uh, tired of getting bossed around for having slaves. Uh-huh. By it's these like, ladies. You guys don't fucking know. You have not been in in the Zed rickshaw. You don't have to walk around. He just pulls you around in this cart, <laughs> which I somehow had a human rickshaw just at the ready. Right. Mm. In case uh, a red pants diaper guy shows up. Shows up, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally use Zed as a slave. I'd be like, I'm not doing that potato duty this week. Well, then they'll age you and put you in the circus tent. Yeah. But only half your face. <laughs> so he, he but runs out. You did out get a of, nice suit. Yeah. 
So Zed runs out of there. He's like, well, this is getting fucking bananas. And he runs up to this, like, wall. It's an invisible glass wall around this place. It's time for some special effects. We've got pantomiming. Yep. Saving some cash. Indeed. Yeah, but then eventually they put the piece of glass up there because he pushes his face and everything up against it. Like, (laughs) what? Uh, And he's got his bros out there, too. Yeah, then you realize, right, this guy's got something going on. He's cooking Mm. up a scheme. Yeah, he's dishing out hand signals to him. There are so many schemes in this movie that gets revealed as time goes. Right. It's all a big scheme. Yeah. Uh, So then he runs to the old folks' home, and Roger Dalshu's there, and he's half old, and he's like, fuck this place. And uh, he tells the fogies, the old fogies, that Zed can die. Like, isn't that awesome? This guy can die. And they're like, that is sweet. Let's kill him. Mm -hmm. And so we get some pretty fun shenanigans with old folks chasing Sean Cutter around. At one point, he's like, holy shit, I'm outnumbered. I'm in trouble. (laughs) And then they get a hold of him, and he's like, Okay, I guess I'm going to get away now this because is this like is not it. Batting marshmallows away than <laughs> yeah. being thrown at you. <laughs> Some guy tries to hit him with a, a crutch, which at the speed that he swings it, he basically just hands him a crutch. Right. Here is a weapon. <laughs> he's like, fuck off. And he fights himself free. And uh... he fight, the way he stops him, too, is just, he turns to him and goes, stop it. <laughs> right. And they're like, you're you're right, you're right. We need to stop it. <laughs> so he runs back to May, and she's like, hey, man, I, I know things have been not going sweet for you, but let's take a little trip into your mind. And he's like, I don't want to. And she's like, well, you need to open up your mind to me so we can travel back in the past, past, past. If he opens up her his mind, she'll open up her shirt. Right. And her scarf. Because they get underneath like a scarf thing. Like a blanket. But it's too thin. Yeah. It's just like it's fabric. Yeah, it's the it's like when you're a kid and you get under your sheets with the with the flashlight and read comic books. So your parents so don't know. So that's not what they're doing under yeah, there. That is not. Mm-hmm. So in this past, he uh, was out wandering around, killing guys, you know, doing his executioner thing. Things are going well. Uh-huh. Uh, he's got pretty simple existence, which is just wandering around and shooting guys in the face. And maybe uh, humping a couple ladies or two without their permission. Sure. No big thing. And uh, But things, one day, t- things uh, he lost his innocence because he saw a chase, he, or he saw a masked guy that he shot, didn't kill, chases him into the library, and he's handed a book. Uh-huh. Yep. Where he learns to read instantly, pretty much. And the whole thing boils down to, after much... Uh, uh, forcing things out of him by May, he read The Wizard of Oz. Which is the false religious reality that Arthur Fiend has set up for him. Right, that Zardoz is just a play on Wizard of Oz, and it's all bullshit. The whole thing's bullshit, man. I like to watch this movie, and it's almost a shame that we say this, because my favorite thing, to, I've seen this movie five times now, and I always like to watch it with somebody who hasn't seen it before, and I stare at them through the Zardoz <laughs> thing and watch how pissed off they get. And I was just like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> fuck me. I didn't get it. I should have all oh, pissed. Yeah, The Wizard of Oz is about a, an illusionist. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the super powerful illusionist was basically worshipped as a god. Much the same as uh, these utopians. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
So if it's you all only bull- had a brain. Yeah, it's all bullshit. It, 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 he has a, consci- a crisis of conscience and says, fuck this killing shit for no fucking goddamn reason. Crap. Ooh. I'm revolting. And he takes his dudes with them. And they, they hide him in the Zardoz head in the grain. So it's yeah. all part of the plan. And the plan is to uh, kill Zardoz and get the truth. Is it the truth you want or kill, revenge? Kill Zardoz and get the truth. Shoot first and ask questions later. <laughs> right. Find out what he knows. You shot him. <laughs> he knows that he's been shot. So Consuela comes in. She finds him under the blanket. She's like, Mm-mm, no naughty, naughty mind or penis and vagina stuff. I don't like it. Let's get this guy. So he takes her shirt off and kisses her. and She then just wanders away. Yeah. After a, after a slight tussle. Yeah. But she blinds him, too. Oh, yeah. that's right. With the power of yeah. a mind, I guess? Yeah. Or yeah. was that like a side effect of something? No, I think it was with the power with her, of her mind. Huh. Let's just keep it that simple. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> then he needs another shirtless lady to give him his sight back. Right. She yeah. gives him a houseplant leaf to chew on later if he gets in more trouble. And that third lady almost represents, so Consuelos represents the woman who wants to keep things as they are. May represents the scientist who's trying to learn how to bring sex back to the society. She's like Justin Timberlake. Yeah. This woman (laughs) actually requests that Sean Connery bring death back to their utopian, you know. Right. Because she she is the revealer of their entire society. That these guys, the world was going to shit. They were the rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the well-to-do, the people with means and access. Mm-hmm. And they said, the world's going to shit. We need to block off the shit by building a, a bubble dome, I guess. Yeah. And uh, then we'll hang out and uh, things will be cool because we can't die. Uh, so that's going to be fun. Uh, but it didn't work out. So the meanwhile, outside is the poor. The poor people, the ones without means and access, who are sentenced to death, essentially, to, to fight and die. Mm-hmm. Well, did you notice, though, that nobody's hanging outside like they used to outside of this place, like staring in at the rich people? Yeah, they're down on the beach having a party, a, a murder party. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that they created the. Uh, the exterminators the ex- to yeah. drive them away. Yes. The executioners. Oh, absolutely. That's what they did that for. Yep. Yeah. And so that they wouldn't have to look at the trash. Right. Absolutely. <clears throat> so Consuelo's team, they, everybody's factioning up now. Uh, Consuela's formed her own group and they are trying to uh, catch him and, and he's in the plastic bag pot room and they pummel him and he's like breaks out of there and they're like that's not possible he can't break through that because he's strong you know he's, he's mm-hmm. a specimen yeah. and they're all weak and feeble and they've never actually tried to push their hand through Viz Queen right so he escapes and he goes out to the wall again. He signals his men, and they're like, got it, dude. We're ready. Yep. And the ladies chase him on horse, and they chase him into uh, the apathetic little barn thing. Yeah. Where they're, like, moving pretty slow and not really seeming with it, but one of them, one he molested earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, has, I guess the molesting has broken her a little loose from being apathetic. Actually, I think what broke her, because he molested her and nothing happened, did some other stuff, nothing happened. Then he goes batshit crazy and starts breaking stuff, and violence woke her up. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. He also chucks her like 
20 feet. <laughs> yeah, he does. He, I was pretty amazed at how far he threw that woman. <laughs> I was like, wow, Sean Connery is strong. He can chuck a lady pretty far. Yeah. Uh, so she reaches up and she's like, ooh, your sweat. And she licks it and she's like, oh my God, it's a fucking amazing. You mm. got to try this. And so she starts swapping the sweat around all her cronies. And they're like, that's some bomb diggity right there. Let's make out and have an orgy. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Seems to break their apathy, but. Uh... And, and they're horny now. Yeah. 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 And he eats the leaf and he starts running again. Right. Because he's, they, they found him. They chased him out of there. And what's the leaf do? You know, it it's restores a, his strength, but it doesn't really because he all he does after eating it is run and hide. Right. It doesn't. Yeah. And he's already broken out of the plastic bag. Yeah. Well, they were starting to take his strength from him for the boning. Oh, they're sapping. They were his, sapping uh, his uh, virility. Mojo. So he pulled something out of his pants and ate it, and he gets his. Virility so it's back. like uh, it's sure. like <laughs> herbal, herbal Viagra. Yeah. Okay. Like Carl's like sure. Yeah, so all you kids out there, if you if your virility's gone, just grab a leaf from a ficus and eat it. <laughs> it's not poisonous, I don't think. Uh, and I, they're in they're in houses everywhere. Probably gonna get sued for that, Sam. Good job. Oh, get sued. <laughs> yeah, you know. You told me to eat a ficus <laughs> for an unknown reason, and I did it. <laughs> I also didn't get a boner. Yeah, I'm twelve. I, I, I may or may not have gotten my virility back. I don't know if I fully understand the concept. <laughs> so he hides out outside and, and, until night comes, and the old people find him. And they're like, whoa, this is the best. Thank you for unleashing us. Yeah. Can you kill us now? And he's like, uh, dude, this shit's fucking crazy. Uh, I don't have time for that because all these apathetics are running around banging each other. It's like fucking Caligula lives there now. Yeah. No, this, this shit has gone island of Dr. Moreau. Yes, totally. The what is that called? The the patients are running the hospital. The they, inmates are running the prison. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So May's like, dude, we got to get you out of here. Let's dress you up like a a bride, and I'm gonna take you down to <laughs> my basement, um, my bone pad, my tabernacle of of uh, taco time. Sure, this is another one of those. Why they do this? They had a wedding dress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think half of the the guy who's only half old. Friend, uh-huh. why they do that? Uh, makeup guy did it, and John Bourne was like, yeah, "Cool, cool, right on, all right, yeah." Uh, so May's like, "Okay, here, here's the deal. We're gonna tell you everything. We're gonna plug you into the Matrix. We're gonna download all sorts of information in your head. Mm. You're gonna know every single bit of knowledge that we have to give, which is basically all of the knowledge of mankind. Uh, and all you have to do is lay there and bone me." And he's like, "Oh, and my six friends." Oh yeah, like, yeah. Okay, wait. What? So, what do you get? <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got my half of the deal here. What's your half? They want babies. I oh, not the potatoes. <laughs> not the potatoes. <laughs> Nobody wants those potatoes. They looked good. They were the purple ones. I like right. those. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so then we get a learning and boob montage, which is kind of fun. He learns that one of the things that the old folks did, because they were the the builders of this vortex mm-hmm. before their children uh, betrayed them, essentially, and made them super old and live in an old folks' home by themselves. Yeah. Uh, they put crystals in their foreheads. Yes. 
Is that to give them mental powers? That's where their uh, telekinesis and telepathy comes from. I believe so. And it's all not there. It's actually coming from the main crystal, but their satellite crystals connect them. So they actually have zero actual powers. Okay. It's all because of this crystal. Yeah. It's technology, not Mm. magic or telekinesis. Fuck, you ruined it for me. Yep. Real magic, that's what you wanted? Yep. Abort Zardoz. Well, there is some, Jackie, because later on, when Arthur Frayne comes back, he produces <coughs> a white dove from his coat. <laughs> seemingly out of nowhere, which Preston is, in fact, invitation. real magic. Hocus pocus abracadabra. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, Arthur Fiend, Zed is in a wax museum, it appears. He's next to the statues in the in the, the archives. Yeah. And they've got yeah. wax museum guys in there for sure. some reason. I don't know. Why not? Costume department. At, uh, that's uh, historical figures. Kings yeah. and queens yeah, right. and gods. Usually that's done in statues. Wax melts. I don't know. Maybe they're mannequins. At least a couple of them were. Mm-hmm. They yeah. had a very mannequin look to them. Uh, well, Arthur's one of them because he's a real joker. He is, man, for a guy that tells jokes, he sure isn't funny. <laughs> yeah. He's like, look into the crystal if you're ready. Woo. What do you see inside? And Zed's like, uh, nothing. Oh, shit. The ladies are coming. They've broken in here. I got to get out of here. And Consuela finds him looking at the crystal. She walks up to him and tries to stab him in the back with a knife. But he, she can't because anyone? Boner. Boner? I guess. Because violence is not part of their society. That's it? She, you you got moral code. These two got boners. He says, you're not going to kill me because you want to bone me. And she's like, yep. No, she, he goes, you're not going to kill me because the hunt is so much better than the actual kill. And then they arrange a marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get married right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that took a turn. Yeah, you would think that uh, if he was going to end up with somebody, it would have been May. May, right? But um, she <clears throat> she leaves the utopia. She's already got what she wanted. Yeah, she leaves the utopia with her fellow scientists to uh, start a new yeah. colony or something somewhere. Listen um, to some Ace of Base. All that she wants is another baby. Mm. And she's gone tomorrow on horseback. Uh, you do realize that the babies, uh, this the utopian society that they start will be all based off of inbreeding. So there's yeah. that. No, oh, they'll go get other people. Oh, tax there's six of them. They yeah, run into the could. tax accountants and then. I thought they were all dead. There's more. No, they're farming. Yeah, they're farming. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I guess he loves Consuela now for not stabbing him, but she was just about to kill him. Uh, he looks in the crystal, crystal, and now he's ready. He's got the the power to to realize shit. So he asks the Amazon Alexa ring about the crystal, and it's like, well, I can't really tell you much about it, but long story short, I am the crystal. I live inside of it. Mm. Would you like to come inside? And uh, Because I'm God. I If I'm not God, then what am I? Check me out. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, nope, you're a computer, fuck you, or whatever. This is, gets really fucking weird. Yes. This is the power of projectors and mirrors. Yeah. yeah, the inside of the crystal? Yeah. I think it's awesome. It is. It takes maybe a little too long, but. There's uh, two scenes specifically that look awesome, but take a little too long. That 
that begin to wear your patience. And that's the educating scene mm-hmm. where they're painting the learning and boob montage. Yeah. The learning and boob montage where, uh, and the mirror scene towards the end that they look awesome, but there are moments where you're like, okay, uh, Wrap you're, it begin- up. you're beginning to lose me now. Yeah. Really? I actually disagree wholeheartedly. I think one of the, one of my favorite things about this, the more I watch it is how fucking sidetracked he gets on those. Cause it's, it's not just those two. There's there's another couple of periods in this movie where he just gets sidetracked on something that he's doing and he just stays there for too long and you're like this kind of adds to what this thing is. I mean, yeah, I think I agree. I mean, I I agree, but I think it's a I think especially with your first watch, it is a problem that almost kind of like I don't know interferes with your it it, it interferes with your full enjoyment of it as a movie. But it, on later viewings, it probably helps you enjoy it for what it is, which is something just crazy and messy, mm. you know? Yeah, and I kind of agree with Carl. The The sex scene, education scene, too long. Started to piss me off after a while. But I didn't mind the mirror scene. It, it was the okay. The mirror scene's a little neater. Because yeah. there's some weird stuff that does happen inside of there that you can get away with the camera. Uh, uh, while using the camera and flashing images on these mirrors and it's well lit uh, and you can't really determine within the frame where actual Sean Connery is located at. Um, I like some of that for sure, but it does go on. on. Anyways, we're going on and on about it. Um, But he gets out of there by shooting himself. Like that's how you escape. The thing I don't really know how he gets out. Self sacrifice. He killed who he was. Mm. The man that I was before is now dead. I went into the cave that Yoda told me to. Right. Four years before he told me to. <laughs> Actually, six years before. I think they. St- I think fucking Lucas stole this part. I might have. And they stole it again in Enter the Dragon. Yeah. So he's out, I guess. And uh, the old folks. And uh, the orgy people are, have found him, and they're like, we got to get him out of here. But uh, there's still Consuela's leftover guys that want to kill him. And he's like, okay, well, that's cool. I've got now suddenly rewind power. And he's outside. Yep. Yeah. I like this part. The rewind power, it stinks. <laughs> I, I like it because so dumb. I like that the statues get put back together, and I like Seeing like people that obviously had jumped down from somewhere, like right. jump back up. I I don't know. I like the rewind thing. I think it looks cool. <laughs> I think it's stupid. <laughs> it is weird though because if you decide that they never had magic powers or mind powers, it was always just the crystals. Right. Then where is Sean Connery getting his powers? Well, it, it's clear that he got it from the crystal. Yeah. But it's not. Maybe just. It being in a proximity to the crystal is enough maybe to have rewind power i don't know i mean lots of questions in this movie without any real answers obviously yeah so, right you know. uh, well we'll get to those uh <laughs> so he visits uh the old guy this old guy is dying he's the founder okay and he's like uh you're cool zed thanks for killing me i guess he killed him yeah. Somehow he introduced death back into Utopia, which is what was the means of this guy's demise? Crystal he, poisoning. He wanted to die, so he just did it. Yep. 
So Zed didn't really even do anything. He just no. stood near. It was like, yeah, I guess if you want, go for it, man. Somehow through his time in the crystal, he managed to turn off the not die switch. Yeah, yeah. that's what happens. Okay. Yeah. He turned off the not die switch. All right. Huh. And that guy's like, bah. yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, that causes Zardoz's head to fall from the sky, though, and crash to the ground. I don't really I know. I think the, the uh, mainframe is down. Okay, the yeah. system is down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Huh. No more. The tabernacle uh, is broken. The not die switch has been turned off. The floating head crashes. The pantomime force field wall. Disappears. Everything was all powered by the tabernacle. The machine yeah. has stopped. And the and the crystal was the key piece of the tabernacle. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. That's all right. Good. Uh, everybody's outside. They're like. Uh, that's this is sweet, man. We're jacked up. We can die now. Uh, go ahead and kill us. Uh, and Arthur's like, yeah. See, this is all part of my plan. I'm I genetically engineered this dude and let him sneak into my Zardoz head and brought him here. It was all me for us. Aren't I cool? And look, it's a white dove because I also know magic. <laughs> don't you like me? And no, then no, uh, no, we don't. No friends yeah. like, oh, you're so funny. And then. Finally, somebody shoots these two assholes. <laughs> inter- interestingly, before, um, because when he gets out and they ask him now, now kill us. Mm-hmm. But I guess Sean Connery has lost that death drive or whatever. Yeah, he's not because, the person he used to be. But 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 because the mainframe is down, the other exterminators ha- have they've now been able to invade and start blasting fools. Yeah, because that was Sean Connery's plan all along. Is to somehow bring his, you know, his Death brethren, squad. yeah, in, so they could all get revenge on worshiping a made-up god from out of Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Uh, I think the shooting the Utopian scene is another one that goes on too long, but I like this. Oh one. yeah, it's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> it just keeps going. Kill me next, and it's Whee! especially worth it when friend and fiend get. Oh man, you know, just back and forth on those two assholes getting shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so everything's worked out. Maze taking her troop westward uh, where she'll remain Galadriel. And uh, Zed and Consuela go to the Zardoz head that's crashed on the ground where they bone down and make a baby and then sit on a shelf inside for 60 years until they rot. Yeah. I'm like, sure we're allowed to assume they do other things. I don't think we are because what happens in this this uh, what what's that called when you do that? You, it's like still shots uh, pasted together. It's not a montage, but it's essentially a montage. Yeah. Elapsed time. Yeah, elapsed time. They eventually reach over and hold each other's hands when they're about sixty years old, and then their skeletons are also holding each other's hands in the exact same position, implying that they didn't move. Or it's metaphorical for that's what we're all doing. Yeah, maybe. It's probably metaphorical. The son was sentimental and went and posed his parents' skeletons. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I got to get one to end the book. Yeah, right. (laughs) Selfie with two skeletons. Hey. (laughs) Hashtag bummer. That's that's the movie, guys. Yeah, so that's it. Uh, It's a weird, like, so you have through the whole thing and you slowly discover... Sean Connery's plan, mm-hmm. which is to break Utopia and get revenge for 
being made to believe in Zardoz. But you find out that that itself is Friend and Fiend's plan so that they can introduce Death back right. into, uh, you know, Utopia. And uh, because I guess Utopia isn't Utopia without having to being able to die. Well, you can't have the good without the bad, right? It, it seems like they've lost their human nature in, in full by trying to become this pure form of humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More human than human. Yeah. Uh, okay, so who wants to go first on their questions? Um, let's hear it. You, you... <laughs> okay. Is this a Republican utopia? <laughs> Is this what Paul Ryan wants with his fucking Ayn Rand bullshit? We lock the poor out, and uh, they can do their thing while us richers get all the cool stuff and, like, immortality and... Uh, it's a very sexless utopia, so yeah. You know. Yeah, and there's also, to throw the GOP under the bus, there's no black people. There isn't any black people. Right. That's true. So is this a metaphor for that type of, like, is, is Borman making a statement about people that want this type of, like, you may want it, but what you're actually doing is fucking your own life up, <sighs> along with everybody else's, you greedy fucking bastards well maybe maybe i don't know about that because they're they're presented with this catastrophic event Mm -hmm. so symptomatically he if he's saying it it's symptomatic i don't think he's saying it implicitly okay i think that the uh explicit meanings here that in this is sort of humanity's last flag stick and it's gonna hold out as long as this is the only way we can save everything is by doing this. But it doesn't save everything. It doesn't. Right. So the movie is, is telling us the only way for this to work, this to make it all utopian and not a bullshit utopia, is everybody works together and has is equal. You don't lock the yeah. poor away. You invite them in. Well, one of the things I, I think- almost think the movie is suggesting instead that a utopia is a unworkable premise and, you know, a society where death and fucking and violence happens is... Well, outside. The outside society is the only true society mm-hmm. and that what they have is this fake society that is unsustainable. So I think it's more of like a anti-utopian statement as much a, a, instead of trying to suggest that what utopia should be instead. Yeah, human it, nature is part of nature. Right, absolutely. But I could also see how somebody might interpret, because again, we've mentioned before that the society has kind of a very, uh, you know, it, it, it's devoid of a certain aggressive masculinity. So I could see where some people are trying to interpret it might try to interpret it as almost a liberal utopia gone wrong. But I I do like you being able to turn that on its head and say, no, this is like that fucker Ryan Paul's utopia. Yeah, Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Ryan, son of a bitch. Yeah, so, um, but it is is interesting to me how you could almost interpret it as both a Republican or a a liberal 
uh, by being genderless, you know, yeah, by being genderless, utopia gone wrong, you know, um, either way, either way, I just think it's more or less a, a statement about against utopia in general, in general, in general. Right. I don't know if it does that at all. I, I feel like it's just, uh, this is what would happen in this scenario if you had to lock, if you had to pull a lockdown. That's why you kind of get, you could go either way politically. Uh, the other thing that I, I feel like the movie never really says on purpose is that this isn't the last of all human civilizations. This is just one of these camps. We don't really see anything right. outside of this area. And I think that's very intentional that. There could be other things, but this is just this small corner the of the world. The biggest hint the movie gives you, which is one of my other questions, is it says this is vortex number four. Yes. Yeah. What's one through three like? Exactly. So you don't, it's. John Borman's hope that this would be a huge <laughs> yeah. franchise. Oh, I, I know what uh, vortex two is. It's uh, that place that uh, Wesley Crusher uh, trips into and then gets the Enterprise and all sorts of fucking adventures and like, oh, we got to Mom, come save me. Remember sure. that episode? Yeah. 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 Stupid uh. Wesley. Now, it, it's an interesting, it's one of my favorite post-apocalyptic sort of uh, tales is the when nature sees fit to take back the escape pod that man built for itself. And it's only been done properly a couple times. I think this is one time mm -hmm. there was a Japanese series called Ergo Proxy that does the same thing. Uh, it does it very well. Um, one that doesn't do it very well is After Earth is basically <laughs> the same idea like, oh, Earth's ready right. again now, but it was fucking god awful. Yeah, it's, it's not even worth being on our show. So yeah. what you're saying, Sam, is it's not much of an anti-utopian message, but a anti-isolationist. Yes. Like this anti, this like idea that to survive, we must put up the walls. Right. And... And break ourselves away from the the world that we came from. And, and I think that you actually trace the idea back to the book, The Machine Stops, but uh, the idea is you absolutely had to have the machine or the vortex or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. It is a survival method, but eventually what happens is, is the society inside of it becomes so homogenized that they stay in too long. They could have gone out probably generations before, maybe even 100 years before, and restarted repopulating the Earth, but they're so stuck in the status quo that it takes nature taking them back for them to actually understand this isn't needed anymore. Right. The, the Earth it, fixed itself. And that there's, there's no way to avoid that. Yeah. No matter if you made different decisions along the way, there's still no, you can't have this m world that you've created because nature will take it back from it you. will eventually. Yeah. Uh, my question is, how do you become an executioner? Mm. You get hot pants, boots, and a bandolier. Yeah, and a like gun. that can't be that. Do you easy. think uh, Fiend specifically organized the executioners himself? That that that's what he was in charge of. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, it yeah. seems like there was a lot of selective breeding going on as well. Mm -hmm. um, now, do you think Fiend was organizing the executioners with? Uh, the colony's knowledge or without their knowledge? Without. They say that. We don't know what he's doing out there. Yeah, he's loosey-goosey. I think originally the executioners were um, part of the reason that he was given his role, right, is because they yeah. don't want all the, the 
the poor kids smudging up their glass and stuff, <laughs> and they got tired of them looking in on their patio. I can see you breathing. Which is a yeah. good question. How hard is it to make an opaque? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Get some tint. It's got a nice view. You don't want to. Yeah. The only thing ruining the view is those poor people. <laughs> That's right. Because you know, in the beginning, all the you know, when they show the flashback, all the poor people are standing around this dome, and you know, later you don't. You know, by the time that we get to our current day adventure, there's nobody standing around this dome. It's like they don't even know that the dome exists. Yeah. So it almost leads me to believe that the executioners were originally, they're like, yeah, okay, fiend, go out there, uh, get us some male specimens, give them some guns, and tell them to get these fucking poor people away from us, execute them all. Or if it was disease, maybe they're actually a, a like, kill the diseased, but it's gone awry. There's a line that a uh, friend delivers about the apathetic because mm-hmm. that's the reason it seems like him and Fiend are sort of in the know on the farming thing, too. Like their society is no longer self-sufficient. Right. And that's one of the side effects. So it's like Arthur Fiend has had this sort of different journey where maybe he started cleansing the earth. Then all of a sudden he needs to do this other thing, which is cultivated so that he can save the society that's left. And now he's realized, wait. The earth is saving itself. It doesn't fucking need us anymore. And you know what? I'm tired. Uh, I'm really tired of this crap. Shoot me in the face. My best friend is a dickhead. (laughs) Uh, I have one more question. Sure. Is the crystal the internet? For all intents and purposes, it's like the the mainframe and the internet for them. Yeah. It has many of the same purposes that we use the internet for. So it it kind of has the cumulative knowledge of all mankind ready at its, its its fingertips at any point. I don't know. Am I going to get a sweet ring? Uh, the ring of power? Like, you got it. It's called the Amazon Alexa. You ask it questions, and it spits out answers to you. it sends you pizza. Right. Yeah, but so, I can't wear that around. So I don't know if uh, Borman was really trying to predict what would happen with the internet. No, but by, vicariously did he. But, yeah. And would he call... The internet god. That's my other question. If he, you know, like if we could go and ask him and said, hey, you know, you imply that your version of the internet was God. Would would you consider the See, internet to be God? I think that he doesn't think that. He implies that the machine, because of definitions, will identify itself as God, mm-hmm. which it does in the film. And I don't know if the internet could become self-aware it probably would declare itself a god of some right sort. and then murder us all skynet skynet the whole thing it this would send mo- you poison pizza yeah right that's this it's another layer that's on top of this fucking head scratcher for this film that wait a minute are you making a statement on man versus machine with this thing yeah in general and also utopia like it's this thing is a goddamn layered film. Absolutely, because they would have left the dome a long time ago had it not been for the Central Machine Corps. Yeah, you realize it's the thing that's sort of keeping the status quo more than them. Which means Wally ripped this movie off. Well, the Matrix did too. Then a lot of mm-hmm. there's a lot of <laughs> this is actually a pretty influential movie. I think so too. Which yeah. leads us to oh, wait, any more questions? I'm good. You know. It's just so my it's just so mind numbingly confusing to just mm-hmm. you know like by the time you get through it just to keep up you just kind of like for me myself I just kind of after I got through it I got well 
that happened. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> and I, I think as through talking about it, I, I, I don't think I, ha- I myself have any questions. Well, then let's it. let's get to uh, the final recommendation. I give it a do. It's an important film in uh, film history and uh, a lot of fun as well. So yeah. do for me. Sam? I not only give it a do, this is one of my favorite movies. Not bad movie, good movie, just like this thing does it for me. This is one of my top ten favorite films in any sort of category. It's the soapy boobs, I, isn't it? The it's soapy just... boobs really push it over the edge. <laughs> Tell me that right now. But I, this thing fucking speaks to me. I love this movie. Jackson? Well, we all know that I do not like post-apocalyptic movies. Sure. Um, but this one, it was just... It's everything I've ever wanted in a post-apocalyptic movie. Yeah. Uh, there were societies. Not everyone was dead. Like Carl said, there's definitely a separation there between the haves and have-nots. And I just enjoyed the fuck out of this thing. I want to own this movie. Wow. Yeah. I loved it. I. Yeah. It's a definite do. I I am so glad you brought it over, Carl. And uh, I, it's it's a do for me, but I'm going to like say it is still unique. Mm-hmm. And when you see as much movies as we do, that in itself is something. That's yeah. not that's not ever nothing. When a movie manages to be that unique, whether it fails or succeeds in its purpose, it that's still something. Yeah, you know, I agree. Like the the uniqueness of it itself. It's a, it's a it's a bold thing that this thing was trying to chase down, and whether it got there or not, I yeah. it's it. Hey man, you took a shot at it, and that's yeah. that's something a lot of filmmakers do not do. I no. think that there's another element to it that it's just like it's a shame that more movies aren't allowed to fly by the seat of their pants production wise because right. of what this one ended up mm-hmm. with doing just that. Yeah. Uh, there you go. That's four dues on Zardoz. Uh, we have delayed streaming dues and don'ts for too long. We are going to have oh. to tackle a couple guys. Uh, Carl, you will probably be familiar. You'll be able to help us at least with some of these. I want to talk about a film currently streaming on Netflix called Gremlins 2 that Jackie and I watched. <laughs> I haven't seen Gremlins 2 since I was probably like 19, and I think I hated it. The main thing I want to talk about Gremlins 2, because I, I'm going to give it a do. Uh, it's, it's Gremlins. It's cool. It's obviously not the fucking film mastery that the first one is, yeah. but still good a good time. Uh, it loses a little bit of itself. But what I do want to talk about is the main villain, if you exclude the Gremlins themselves, uh, which this guy is the progenitor of the ve- the Gremlins even happening. So without him, the, mo- the film doesn't happen, and he, and he does it on an evil way without ever having a redemption, is a New York real estate developer yeah. by the name of Daniel Klump. Yeah. Huh. Yep. The villain of the fucking movie. Yep. The bad guy. He's the president now. Greed. Uh, corruption. We knew who he fucking was in the 80s. Joe Dante told us, and we didn't listen. We forgot about Joe Dante. Well, everybody forgets about Joe Dante. (laughs) It would help if he made a movie. You know, Joe, you're out there. I bet you can still do it. Go ahead. Anytime now. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is when we get the sexy female gremlin, too. Oh, absolutely. That ends up marrying the bodyguard. The bodyguard guy at the end. (laughs) That's right. Oh, I forgot about the gremlin wedding. That's right. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I give it a do just uh, with a caveat. It was just like, remember, 
this is not the same genre as the first Gremlins. Right. <laughs> the first Gremlins is actually way more horror than comedy, I always mm-hmm. found. Mm-hmm. This movie is just nothing but pure gags. Gags. Yeah. It's it's not scary at all. And some of them some of them are truly ingenious gags and it does take some risks as far as the comedy that it tries to do specifically there's uh, a scene where uh, the, again the fourth wall gets broken but this is the 80s when, when the fourth wall getting broken wasn't really that big of a deal like nobody really did it uh, yeah. uh well they go and sit down and watch the gremlins themselves go down and sit down and watch gremlins 2 in a movie theater and they throw popcorn at each other, and they fuck up the film footage itself. Yeah, me and your your uh, your your. Well, it's streaming, so. But when you had the tape in back in the day, the VHS, it, it was that old. Uh, the tape burns up. The what is that? The film. The tape. Yeah, the film. No, no, I know what the film is, but what's that when the when like the film burns in the projector? Yeah, I there's a process. Well, it's the when the when the gear grabs and the film stops moving the light. Is so hot that it's not yeah. moving. It it melts the what's in front of it. There you go. That happens. And apparently, I read because I went on to IMDb trivia after watching this that they had a shitload of returns when this came out on VHS. Like oh, my God fucking tape is broke, dude. Oh my no, you God. stupid idiot! It's... Watch for two seconds. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> like the second that happens, they're like, you have to actually turn it off. Sprint to the VCR. <laughs> And push the button so hard that you probably broke your VCR. That it shoots out and yeah. like busts through the window behind you. Yeah, you've got a broken window. The tape's broken. Your VCR's broken, and you go to Blockbuster and and beat some teenager half to death <laughs> because you couldn't wait two seconds. Because <laughs> of fucking gremlins fucking up your goddamn movie. Yeah, you got gremlins in your machine. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Uh, I thought it, I thought it was better than I was expecting. It. I was expecting to be like, ugh. Oof, over like and over Beastmaster again. 2? No, I mean, Beastmaster if, 2 was awesome. If you're hoping for a, like the same type of movie... It's not. It's not. You're going to be horribly disappointed. Right. But it is. I do like the fact that they were willing to do uh, switch genres on everybody. That's kind of ballsy in of itself. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, next up, Sam and I watched this on Shudder.tv. We've been interested... I've uh, been waiting for some time to get access to this film because we missed it when it was in the theaters. Uh, Bullet Tooth Tony, Rocket yeah, Raccoon. Rocket Raccoon. What's that guy's name? Bullet Tooth Tony's real name. Vinny Jones. Vinny Jones and uh, Bradley Cooper in... Piper Parabo. Oh, Piper Parabo. Uh, in Midnight Meat Train. <laughs> Actually, it's not Piper Parabo. It's somebody else, but she looks the, sort of the same. Yeah, it wasn't my... Uh, great job. Whoever the, the Clive Barker movie? Like, no. So it was on a Clive Barker story or he, uh, somebody that has a name, quote unquote, produced it, bought it. It was a Korean film ah. or a Korean director that was imported to the U.S. to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Boy, is this sure a miss? Wow. Like, when you you go all the way and you just name it Midnight Meat Train, uh-huh. you really got to sort of give me a fucking Midnight Meat Train, not a boring ass movie about a photographer and his girlfriend yeah that i i well i'll fucking spoil it i'll spoil this fucking movie because i'm i'll go ahead and say don't don't uh, don't fucking waste your time with this piece of shit it's about demons or aliens vampires Vampires Vampires. that live in the 
Subways? But they're stupid vampires. They're, they can't even feed themselves. They can't like, even feed themselves. Ooh, we have to preserve their society. Why? Why? So they hire guys, or like guys volunteer to take care of these things by murdering people and driving the train into their home and being like, here's your fucking dinner, Tina. Yeah, and she doesn't even eat it because she's Tina. She's fucking Tina the Llama, smarter than these goddamn vampires. Why would you do this? It doesn't make any sense. Then in the end, he has fought to like save people's lives. Like, well, I'm going to stop the Midnight Meat Train. I'm going to fucking beat up Vinnie Jones. And so him and his girlfriend and like his bro go into the Midnight Meat Train, and they're like, fucking take this. And... Then they all die, except for Bradley Cooper, and he's like, well, shit, I guess somebody's got to feed these fucking vampires. Yep. Might as well be me. Might as well be me. Now you're the guy. Yeah, he becomes the guy. And he gets a crappier job than the one he had, where he has to kill people. I Could don't you even, even imagine how, that much. how much crime would decrease if they had a meat train? Like, uh, you wouldn't want to get arrested, because you're going to end up on the meat train. Huh. Wait, okay, wait, what? Uh, Prison population. Okay, what? Extremely decreased. I think that you should just go back to throw the them fucking Germany pre-1940. Yeah, Jesus Christ, Anne Rand, Paul Ryan. What the fuck? <laughs> Adolf Hitler is a little... I guess more. don't get they... a traffic ticket, because Jackie's going to fucking shoot you. Yeah, they... That's not true. I said feed you to the vampires. Were they there is a criminals? big difference. What's that? Were they using criminals? No! These were just, just regular schmoes. people. That's where like you're like, oh, imagine the crime rate is like... It would go up because of all of the murders on the goddamn Midnight Meat Train. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, so... Don't. It's, Do not. It is such a fucking miss. Like, what the fuck, guys? Seriously. Uh, it had a couple good effects here and there as far as people getting murdered, Actually, but for my, the most part, it was shit. My uh, biggest problem with it is that when it finally does do gore, mm -hmm. it sucks. It's digital. It's not any good. Yeah. It was, it was a lady got her head lopped off, and I did like the way that they presented it, but it doesn't look good. But I do did think that the way it was brought to us was okay. Yeah, but mm. uh, no, no, it sucks. Fuck that movie. I haven't seen it. You're not going to. Don't do it. We just told you not to. We just told you not to. <laughs> Even if you are a proponent for murdering all of humans, right? No, no, I <laughs> said feeding. <laughs> You know what? Screw you both. This is a great idea. Why? Don't think so. <laughs> I do. Serving a life sentence? Oh. Fine. We'll feed you on the midnight you meat train. A, you're a horrible person. Why not make it a game show, Jackie? Yeah. Capital punishment. Yeah. Uh, live believe, on television. Right. Like, they could run around they and stuff. They could try to get away. They but if they finish, then what they get to go to a... a movie? What would we call a movie yeah. about guys... Running around. running. Yeah, like, but like, then like, they would running. also get a vacation and freedom at the end if they could beat the game. A vacation too. Like, not only do you get your prison sentence alleviated, if but only we could have somebody in such a to movie believe. to say something like, "Here is your Sub Zero. Now he's just a plain zero. Uh, 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 we'll get to Running Man at some point. Uh, that's your show, guys. Thanks for listening. As always, follow us on uh, Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Shaker Badass. Same with Facebook, forward slash Shaker Badass. Uh, if you'd like to contribute to the show, we are, uh, do have a Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash stickerbadness. And if you'd like to buy our t-shirts, go to teespring.com forward slash stickerbadness, buy shit. I would take a picture with my t-shirt on, but it was too small. Uh, you would, except for you don't wear t-shirts because you're a horrible psychopath who wants to murder criminals. So oh. they don't get t-shirts for people like you. <laughs> Sure they do. They make t-shirts for everybody. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Once you I got money, all... they'll give you a t-shirt. 
Okay, guys, uh, next week it's my pick. That's where I was wondering is where we were back on the schedule because we snuck this one in. Yeah. Uh, Surprise episode. Thank you for letting me sneak this one in, by the way. That's because you're awesome, Carl. Uh, Next week is my pick. I think we're going to go back to uh, a familiar. We're going to do Sylvester Stallone. Oh, boy. In his eighth appearance on the podcast. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's time we got to Cliffhanger. Oh. (gasps) (laughs) So check it out. Enjoy your week, guys. Get to the chopper. And thank you, Carl. We Thank you, Carl. Take Carl. Get to the Actually, chopper. Actually, Carl should do to get yeah, to the chopper. Yeah, what oh, are yeah, you doing? Wanna, he's done it three times already. So, so what? Okay, say get to the chopper, Carl. Well, get to the chopper. <laughs> Visit us at www.stinkermadness.com. Follow Stinker Madness on Twitter at Stinker Madness. Please rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for listening and get to the chopper.